everyone. My name is Ann Wade, and you're listening to my podcast, The Other Side of Wonderland. On this show, we investigate the complexities of being human and scratch at the surface of some of the things we still don't understand about ourselves and our world. From dreams to ghosts and everything in between, this podcast asks the question, what's on the other side of Wonderland? Every couple of weeks, I'll be having conversations with people that are exploring and working within these unexplained realms. And we'll have some fascinating conversations that might answer some questions and raise some others. Today, I'm speaking with Dr. Donna Glee Williams, an expert in the practice of dream work. She's a world traveler, a published author, and a dear friend of mine. Hi, Donna Glee, how are you doing? Hi, Anne. I'm just so glad to be here with you and with the other side of Wonderland today. All right, awesome. So I think we'll start off with, um, I just have a series of questions for you, and we'll start off with kind of an easy one. Um, Why don't you tell us a bit about yourself and about your background um, as an artist and as a writer? Ah, that's a long story. I'm one of those people who have been writing since I was a fairly young child and um, wrote very privately, um, didn't publish much until I was in my 30s. And then um, it came time to sort of come out from under the rock and I uh, went to... um, LSU to get an MFA in writing. And that's when I began to call myself a writer out in the world. You know, a lot of people write, but don't call themselves writers. And some people call themselves writers and don't write. The two don't always go together. But uh, that's when that joined for me in my life. And then I started writing in sort of the conventional way of exploring the inner landscapes and trying to figure yourself out uh, through my 30s and eventually kind of got bored with myself and published a little bit, but eventually wandered away from it, although I still wrote always. But maybe about 10 years ago, I came back to what had originally called me into writing, and that was the magic. That was magic of fantasy, of science fiction, of the misty unknown world, and began writing in the area of speculative fiction and uh, publishing some, getting some uh, positive attention for a couple of my stories. And, um, and it just sort of grew from there. Now, all of that time, I'd been writing short things, essays, um, short stories, poems, but I had never written a, um, a novel, I'd never written any long form anything until um, I began to have an apprenticeship with uh, Jeremy Taylor. Oh, yeah. And he's actually, I think, from our conversations, um, important in your discovery and um, kind of working through learning about dream work. So let's jump um, to a very important question, I think, especially for people that are going to be listening to this and are going to be like, okay, what is dream work? 
Where did the practice come from and who's it for really? Wow, dream work, I would say, is, is the practice of paying attention to your dreams uh, and inquiring from them um, what they mean uh, for your life. And where did it come from? I think it may be one of the oldest spiritual conversations that our species has conducted. We have written evidence of it uh, happening in biblical times, of course, with the story of Joseph and his amazing technicolored coat. Uh, and, and then before that, we have uh, stories from uh, the Inanna cycle. And um, even going back before that, people were uh, building things uh, based on their dreams. So we have some evidence that uh, people have been in conversation about dreams going way back. And of course, there's different ways of doing it. Um, there, one of the ways that I first encountered way back when I was young in New Orleans was a group of people called uh, the Sonoy people uh, that uh, I was taught had lived in a tribal community with no violence and no warfare and no mental illness. And uh, this was attributed by my teacher uh, to the fact that they got up every morning and they shared their dreams with their family over the breakfast table and they discussed what those dreams might mean. And they had all kinds of practices for um, facing nightmares and calling in allies and going towards the thing that scared them. And then later, closer to our time, um, people like uh, Freud, and Jung and Fritz Perls uh, developed their own way of working with dreams because they thought dreams were, well, Freud called them the royal road to the subconscious and and Perls thought they were the royal road to integrating your, your personality, to bringing all your parts together so that you could be a unified, whole and fruitfully functioning human being. So um, I learned most in the lineage from Carl Jung, uh, who was the teacher of my uh, big teacher, Jeremy Taylor, um, that uh, worked with dreams as myth and symbol, as your own personal myths and symbols. And um, as, as offering from, from your subconscious to your conscious mind, things that your subconscious knows that you may not know yet uh, and are ready to know uh, if, if the subconscious just points them out to you. And if the subconscious really wants your attention, it makes them nightmares because we are designed by, you know, generations of generations of our evolution to pay attention to things that scare us or things that hurt us uh, preferentially over 
things that just give us ease. So if if the subconscious really wants you to bring something and get it on the table, it may come in the form of a, a nightmare. And that's why we say there's no such thing as a bad dream. There are urgent dreams, but there's no bad dream. Right. So I, you kind of have mentioned um, that, you know, you began some of the, your journey to dream work in New Orleans. Um, but can you give us kind of a brief outline of how you first got introduced to the practice of dream work and how you have kind of grown and learned more as you've gone along throughout your life? Yes, it's been quite a voyage. Um, uh, the first was just way back then uh, in a, a one little intensive weekend workshop uh, about Sonoy dream work. And that's where I learned some of the basic keys about how to remember dreams, how to write them down, um, and how to work with them in a journal. Uh, the, the Sonoy people were really good at lucid dreaming, which is bringing some element of your conscious mind into your subconscious, uh, into your dreams, so that you can deliberately, um, like if, if you're being scared by, by something, you can um, deliberately imagine, well, what kind of um, what kind of ally would I need to face that so I wouldn't be scared? Or what kind of armor would I need? Well, we, most of us, are not that skilled at dream uh, consciousness. So we can do it in our journals. You know, if we have a, a dream of a, a scary something, a scary dragon, we can do the same thing that the Sonoy folks did by a writing, you know, what, what, what could I imagine would make me safe from this dragon? Oh, well, maybe a, 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 a big uh, stainless steel uh, wall between us, or, or who would I need? You, you know, we can do that in the imagination, in the active imagination of our journaling. So that's when I, I first learned that. The next piece of um, dream um, tools that, uh, that I added was Gestalt dream work, which uh, reflected the insights of Fritz Perls. The main uh, approach there is the idea that every single feature of a dream, every entity in the dream, animate or inanimate, represents some part of you. Um, like even, you know, the the picture on the wall, the dog on the street, uh, the thing you trip over in your dream, all of these are parts of you. So you can get more information about these parts because remember the gestalt goal is the integration of the personality, the bringing together of the, of the estranged parts of you um, by sort of assuming the viewpoint. So in your journal, you might be the, uh, be the dog, uh, describe yourself. Uh, what do you know that the, the other part of the dream doesn't know? Uh, where are you from? Uh, very much like 
the exercises a writer might do to get more information about a story that they're writing or about a character that they're writing or that actors do. You know, actors, when they're getting into something, they will be something else. So, so this is imagining yourself into a portion of the dream and telling it from that side and using the I voice uh, to tell it. So added that on, and that that has really been a, a tool, not just in dream work, but in writing, because that is a way you can um, you can go into uh, other entities and 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 imagine yourself into them, and it's a great um, exercise even just for empathy, empathy with parts of yourself and with other things. When I'm teaching writers, like I, I lead workshops sometimes, I will have them pick some item out in the world and do this same exercise. Be that item, be that stick, be that statue, be that bowl, and tell me your story. Uh, describe yourself. Tell me where you're from. Um, so a lot of information can be gained that way. And then finally, what was added on to my my stack of, uh, of dream cards was uh, projective dream work. And that's what I learned from Jeremy Taylor, who was a follower of Jung. Um, that was his main um, theoretical source. And the idea there is that uh, every dream is a gift from the subconscious, but it's just below the level of consciousness. So it's things that you're ready to become aware of, but aren't quite ready, to, aren't quite aware of yet. Jeremy would call it things that are not yet speech ripe, not yet speech ripe. So what happens in a projective dream work uh, group is that uh, you tell your dream and other people say, well, if that was my dream, it might be about X. And then uh, if, it's, uh, if it's not about X, uh, you will uh, just brush that off. It's not about you. But if it is about X uh, for you also, you will have a, a feeling of aha or um, recognition, awareness. Uh, some of my dreamers say it gives them tingles. Some people feel it in their belly. Some people feel it a catch in their throat. But you'll have a visceral sense that that is something that is true for you. And you will keep that. And the things that, other, that people say, their projections uh, that don't have that, you just dismiss them. Um, so... So dream work, uh, and, and there, there are other practices, but these are the ones that I use, the specific um, fields of practice that are ways to work with and explore and then um, learn and grow from the dreams. And sometimes that learning and growing can be personal, but sometimes it can be creative work because sometimes these things uh, you 
are meant to be put into some kind of form, brought back, brought back and offered to the world through your your poem or your your art or your your painting. Uh, so so yeah, that's that's kind of how I do it, and others may do other ways. Right. So you've kind of given us an idea, but um, I just want to make sure that people kind of get an understanding of what it is that you do. Because um, dream work is fascinating to me. And I, you know, had always, I think I'd always been taught that dreams were just kind of your brain processing, kind of like the buffering wheel, um, where it was just, you know, whatever you dealt with throughout the day that your brain was just throwing things at you. And it was just random neuron firings. Um, and that was, you know, didn't necessarily have a lot of meaning. Um, and that's kind of, and I don't know whether that's a shared experience for people that'll be listening or not, but um, what kinds of people are in your dream work groups and, and what do you typically do in these dream work groups? And, and um, what are some of the cool experiences that you've had with the people that you, you've had in these groups, I think would be a good question. Oh, well, uh, they're a pretty varied lot. Uh, but they seem to cluster around two two themes the the dream the people that are drawn to dream work that i've observed seem to either be in some kind of creative practice uh like i have a number of writers in my groups uh uh also a internationally known um, textile artists uh, uh, and and people practitioners of art at different levels all the way from you know the the, the personal art to the um, you know the people that sell it for money um, so so that's one cluster and then the other cluster would be uh, around folks interested in in human um, human realization and, and uh, personal development. So uh, a number of college professor types, especially in the, in the areas of, in human sciences, um, uh, teacher types, um, uh, people in, in the healing arts. So, so the creative arts and the healing arts seem to be uh, the, the main, um, main gathering and what happens is um in my dream groups i, I kind of uh school people in a in a certain um uh courtesy uh, of dreamworks uh, which is never to be talking about someone else's dream uh, not really to be saying oh your dream probably has to do with this thing that you're doing in your life always leading with some version of a statement that if it were my dream, it might be about this, or in my imagined version, it might be about this, or uh, as I imagine myself into your, your life, or somehow owning the projection that what you're about to say has a lot to do with you. And so what happens in a dream group is, uh, Folks come together and one person uh, reads a dream. And often, because some of my dreamers dream in 
great detail and elaboration, often we read it twice. You know, I, I ask the person to read it twice. And then I will ask them about the personal associations of certain things in a dream. Like if a certain name shows up in a dream, if, if Bob shows up in a dream, well, I'll say, tell me three Bobs you knew in your life, J just to get what elements might mean to them. I am not fond of uh, using, you know, dictionaries of symbol uh, to, to, uh, to figure out a a meaning for things that happen in a dream. I'm fond of figuring out what a symbol might mean in a person's life, in, in a specific person's life. So, so often there would be some um, questions about the, the context of the dream and what different things might relate to. I might ask um, if a, a dream happens in Amsterdam, I might ask a guy, well, when, when, when were you in Amsterdam? What is Amsterdam for you? Tell, or tell me the, the part of your life that happens in Amsterdam. So get a little bit more biographical information. And then a thing I, I forgot to mention uh, that all the dream work groups I do start with people checking in, just saying a little bit about what is going on in their life. So everybody in the dream group knows what's on top, um, what's of interest to the dreamer that week. So, so that's a little bit of current biography that we have. And then after we have read it once or twice and gotten some of those personal meaning things established, then I just say, I throw it open for your projections and, and people start. And, um, and it's often, you know, a pretty lengthy process. We, we most likely would only do one dream in about an hour, uh, hour 15 minutes session. Uh, sometimes two, but usually one where, where people will say, well, I, I notice that there's a, um, a, a strong uh, masculine uh, protective figure there and you've we've seen that before in your dreams and he seems to be getting stronger and and someone will notice ah but you've been to that house before or uh, that that your your subconscious is making a dramatic pun around something because our, our subconscious does have a certain uh, sense of humor and really special things have happened in the context of these dream groups. And I guess one of the most precious to me is the story of a dreamer whose mother in the waking world was dying, but was not was not getting it done. She'd been in hospice for a good long time and uh, was kind of hanging on. And one of her caregivers had actually heard her sp speaking to her dead husband and telling him, no, I'm not going. <laughs> so um, so this, uh, this dreamer brought a lovely, lovely dream of her mother, who was kind of a prim and proper society lady. Uh, but her mother dressed in a, a leotard and ballet tutu 
with a banjo uh, over her knee, playing it left-handed as she uh, ascended into the sky. And um, she told us that dream, and she'd been disturbed because she actually went to uh, um, went to one of these dream dictionaries, and it had told her some things that caused her to be discouraged and a little bit ashamed of her dream. But after this group of people that knew her and uh, loved her had made their projections on it, and she found a new meaning, and and that afternoon, she told that dream to her mother by phone. Um, and uh, told her how happy she was to see her rising up like that. And, uh, and that was the last thing she ever said to her mother. Her mother died that, that evening. Uh, and I just think that's such a beautiful mystery of, of release, that that dream came to her right when she needed it, and that... Uh, she, she was able to share it with her mother before she left this existence. Uh, and, and then she shared it again uh, at the funeral, which she, she sort of gave. So that's been one of my sweet stories. Um, another one involved uh, a, a dream that was so striking uh, that it caused several people to get good art from it. Um, because we say in the dream world uh, that uh, the dream is not just for the person that dreams it, it's for the people that listen to it as well. Uh, once, once you've heard a dream, it's kind of like a poem. You have your own version. They have their version too, but your version is yours. So that's, that's kind of a thumbnail of what we're up to in these dream groups. I love that. I, you know, um, I didn't, don't think that I had any idea that, that people were kind of talking through this until um, you actually know my, my dad. Um, and that's kind of how we got connected was that he, you know, has found it to be really interesting. Um, he has a lot of very vivid dreams and, and has really enjoyed talking through them. And um, that kind of leads me to my second to last question, which is, um, what do you say to people who say they don't dream? Ah, well, what we know is that everybody dreams. In fact, uh, all mammals dream, um, and a lot of other animals dream too. So, so first is the information, yeah, people dream. What they mean uh, is that they don't remember their dreams. And... Um, if they are interested in dream work and don't remember their dreams, the first thing to do is just to reassure them, you are welcome in a dream work group. Uh, you don't have to remember your dreams to be in a dream work group. You will be a valuable asset if you just listen to other people's dreams and make your guesses about what that dream would be, would mean if it were your dream. And that, um, sort of lubricates the 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 joint of uh, of of paying attention to dreams um, because uh, they're fascinating and as you attend to them 
it's almost like you're clearing a channel uh, to become more and more aware of them. So uh, what typically happens is people that are drawn to dream work and uh, don't remember their dreams uh, begin to remembering to re remember them as they participate in a dream work group. I help that along a little bit in the dream work groups uh, by giving them tips. Um, there, there are some clues of how you can improve your dream work recall. One is to review your dreams um, before you're fully awake. Your dreams are, are dreamed by parts of your brain that don't specialize in episodic memory. Uh, those, those parts of your brain are kind of offline when you're asleep. So if you can catch a dream when you're in that twilight state between dreaming and waking, then you can transfer it over to that different kind of memory that will allow you to remember it at least long enough to get to your journal uh, or to get to uh, some some people now that audio devices are so uh, everywhere. Some people just choose to um, speak them into an audio device and they can do that even while they're not very awake. Right. So that's really useful. Um, another thing is to be aware that um, your body seems to your body position seems to relate to your ability to have dreams. So one of the things that you may be doing when you wake up is you may be rolling over and stretching. And if at that point you become aware, oh, I had a dream and it's getting away. If you roll back into the position that you were in while you were sleeping, you're likely to get a hold of that dream again. Um, you can get back to it if you put your body back in that position. Another uh, little thing is to give your dreams titles uh, because titles will serve as kind of uh, memory handles uh, that you can kind of get back to them if you give them titles. So generally people in dream work groups improve their dream recall by participating. If people tell me that they're not interested in their dreams and they're not interested in dream work. I think it's important to respect that and not urge them to it because I, I feel like our deepest selves have a lot of wisdom about how much of our subconscious they're willing to trust us with at any given point. And if you have some material in your subconscious that maybe you're, you're not there yet you're not ready to become aware of and your subconscious says no I'm not going to let you remember that stuff I think that's to be respected so I I don't I, I don't push people towards dream work if it's not calling them but it if if it is calling them we can get better you know one of my my books my, my second novel was called uh, dreamers and um, in it, I imagine this was kind of based on my own. It's a fantasy, but a lot of it is taken from my own dream work with Jeremy Taylor. And uh, I imagine a, uh, a, a dream uh, 
oracle girl. Uh, the, 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 the town is governed based on the dreams of this sort of anointed dreamer. And, uh, and she, she has a lot of uh, techniques for remembering dreams. And, and those I, I borrowed directly from the real world. So uh, my readers that read dreamers get kind of a tutorial on how, how uh, a professional dreamer remembers her dreams. That's awesome. All right. So uh, the final question I have for you is uh, how can interested listeners learn more about DreamWork and get involved in what you do? Ah, there's lots of ways for that. Um, if folks would like to work with me, they can always reach out to me directly through my website, which is just my name, Donna Glee Williams, uh, com. And I have a website where they can always reach me uh, if, uh, you know, time has gone by and you come on this and it calls you. Just get in touch. Um, beginning in January um, of 2021, I am going to be um, uh, teaching a, a course with Western Carolina University online um, for about eight weeks, uh, which will be a little bit of the basic theory and practice of dreaming, not not a whole lot of theory, but just enough to get us going. And then eight weeks of, of practice, of, of doing dream work with each other, of, of serving each other as listeners and as people that project meaning on dreams. And if you are um, interested, but uh, not don't want to hook into those, I would say, uh, look up uh, Jeremy Taylor's uh, DreamWork Toolkit. It is a one-page uh, description of his protocols for non-professional people to do dream work together. Uh, he visualized a world where it didn't take any kind of fancy expert to do it. Just following certain rules, it could be done safely. And, and of course, uh, reading his books, um, and uh, there's quite, quite a lot of um, uh, YouTube tubes out there that uh, have him speaking uh, is a great way to dig in. There's also um, an organization that he uh, co-founded, which is called the International Association for the Study of Dreams. And they are a great resource for contacting uh, dream workers, for uh, getting um, dream work education, for learning a little bit about the ethics of dream work, uh, because, you, you know, this is a, a practice that requires um, some human um, hands-on uh, connection. So there are some ethical things to think about. Uh, so uh, there's a lot of really good programs out there as well. Um, I think the Hayden Institute offers a, um, a long and for me a bit pricey um, uh, training in dream work as it relates to being sort of a spiritual counselor. Um, so that for folks that want to 
dig way in, um, that would be a place to look. But I would say the first thing is just start working with um, with others and get some of the, the, the dream uh, practice under your belt and see what it does for your life and your creative practices uh, and start build, building your 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 time with it you know it's like any of those other things you need your 10,000 hours so um, a a long life uh, of doing it will get you where you can um, go farther dig deeper and help uh, more people with it great well and I will try to have links to everything in the description of this podcast so if you are interested in any of the things Donna Glee just mentioned um, take a look at the description you should be able to access and find what you're looking for I want to thank you so much for being here with me on my first ever episode of The Other Side of Wonderland on the first ever day of 2021. After a year that has just objectively been bad, uh, I'm hoping that this can be a jump into something exciting and new for me. I hope that this year will be wonderful for you. And I just want to uh, Thank you once again for just chatting with me. I just so appreciate it. And I always feel like I come out of conversations with you feeling like I've learned something every time. (laughs) It's been such an honor, Anne. And and we're on the other side, right? The other side. The other side of 2020, I think it's uh, (laughs) definitely the best. Amen, little sister. (laughs) Yeah, amen. Well, Everyone, thank you for listening. Um, I hope that you've enjoyed this conversation with Donna Glee Williams. If you're interested in dream work, uh, take a look at the description. I hope that you've all learned something. And I just want to thank you once again for listening to our conversation. I will see you on the other side.